Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts all right Another episode, ladies and gentlemen. All right, so check this out. We got a great episode for you today with the legend, Twister. That's right. You know, I've been DMing Twister for the better part of the last three or four years, and we finally have linked up. Um, I was trying to get him to come on the radio show when I was on with DJ Head, trying to get him to go on the podcast. He finally came to LA. We sat down. He's got a new EP out. Um... And man, we just talk about history. Twister's a historical artist. He's a legendary artist. He's been a part of a lot of legendary moments in hip-hop. So we discuss all of that shit and much more. Uh, so that's coming up. But shout out to our sponsor, Odd Socks. Man, listen, you got to go to oddsocksofficial.com. Keyword, bootleg kev. All right, type that in and you'll save 20% off. All the licenses they got. SpongeBob, Nickelodeon, fucking Naruto, Scarface. Sweetest Fish, Pepsi. I mean, we could just keep going on and on. All right, WWE, get you some Stone Cold Steve Austin socks. They also just launched their underwear. All right, so if you're into underwear, which you should be, unless you're a nasty motherfucker who don't wear drawers, get you some Odd Socks premium underwear, 20% off at checkout. All right, bootleg Kev is the code you type in, no spaces. Go to oddsocksofficial.com, use that keyword at checkout, save 20% off. Let's talk to Twister, man. Let's get this thing started. It's the Bootleg Kev Podcast. All right, look, Bootleg Kev Podcast, Bootleg Kev Show. We got a legend. I don't say that lightly. Twister is here. And I appreciate that. You're a fucking legend, bro. Appreciate it. Hey, man, listen. 
I just want to say I've been trying. I feel like I've been DMing you probably for about six months. Try to be like, yo, when you come to LA, man. Like it's been a while, man. I know we always like trying to lock in. I'm glad. Yeah. And then when I was at the radio station, I mean, I probably been DMing you longer than that because we was trying to get you on at the radio station and shit. And yeah, it's it's good to have you here though, bro. Man, man, it's a a better late than never, right? A hundred percent, man. A hundred percent. You have so much um, just historical legacy in the game, bro. Yeah, man. You know what I'm saying? It's It's been a long time. time. Let's start, like, obviously, I remember I first heard you probably, it was probably around, like, 99 when I was, like, a kid. Okay. And you already, you know, moving and shaking, but it was, it was a, I, I, I think the first song I probably ever heard you on really was probably Poe Pimp. Probably Poe Pimp, right. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. then digging into all the other shit, the Speeding Out Mobsters and all that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, um, during that era in Chicago hip-hop, this was before the drill shit. I felt like it was like what you were doing, what Crucial Conflict was doing. And then on the other side of the token, it was like common sense mm-hmm. and the resurrection. And, you know, and, and there was, so it, felt, it always just felt like Chicago has always kind of been two, two sides sonically at all times. Yeah, it was like, like South Side, West Side. You know, you had to, you know, shout to the North Side too, but, you know, mostly like a South Side, West Side thing. Not really into it with each other but just you know two different vibes a little bit when it came to music yeah what what is it that inspired you to rap the way you rap originally because you um you know i always have this talk with uh with with the homie ritz mm-hmm. um that when it comes to the tra- like tech nine too we've, we've talked about you a lot when it comes to chopping mm-hmm. there's nobody who can uh really like you, like when you rap, it's so clean. Some people can rap fast, but you, it's really yeah. hard to understand. Like you enunciate yeah. so perfectly every single like. It's it's like flo- to me that's what it's about. That that's that's the limit of it. Is is how clear can you say your words at a certain pace or cadence? Mm. You know. So to me, that's what it's about. Is it's a complete package. And once once one is over the other one, then you you're not really doing it the right. But when did you start to master that? Like, what and what were the influences that kind of made you decide to start rapping that way? This was early on, just really because I was doing so many, um, so many rhymes where I'm, I'm having punchlines and stuff like that, and like more into battles, like the younger stage, mm-hmm. you know. And I wanted to sound different, make something different, you know, right? Make right, a right. song or, or just a new flow, right? So I started like changing up the flow and making different patterns, and then. Every once in a while, you were, uh, you know, uh, coming up the street and I'd be rocking it to the beat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then just a little more, then a little more. And then you start to hear a few other rappers doing it here and there. You know, oh, man. And then one day I just decided I want to make a whole song like that. I'm like, I always make little phrases like that. Let me make a whole song like that. You know, then I, I start making songs like Mr. Tongue Twister. Mm, that's crazy. So... What year? What year was Mr. Tongue Twister? Man, a long time ago, like ninety one or something like that. Ninety one. Yeah, that's so crazy. You know, it's crazy too, cause I think it was ninety one. I don't, don't don't quote me, please don't quote me. I was I was four. <laughs> no, nah, but hey, what's, wish. what's crazy is uh, like I remember as a kid, like uh, there was like this um, this I don't know if it was a beef or weird energy between. You boys in Chicago and the Bone Thugs guys. Mm-hmm. 
it was kind of like, I think they might have said something on Art of War. Yeah, I think it was Art of War, right? We, it was we, on that album. A, like all of the all of the the early early rappers that that had that style at some form or or, or, or time got out their body a little bit. Right, you yeah, know? yeah, because it was you like, know, no, you bite me, you bite did. me. Yeah, well, yeah. I was doing it first. Yeah, we we all got out our body a little bit, you know, about that type of stuff. So that was that was early on when, uh, you know, we all were trying to stake claim at a certain vibe, not realizing that we were all the founders of a certain sound. Facts. You know, people, well, you know, once we started to realize how many uh, people we influenced, then that's when we realized that we were all brothers in a sense. Who 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 said something first back then? Like Probably who took the me. first? I so you were the first. Me. Okay, so it was you first. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I kicked it off first. I think I saw a Crazy Bone when we was doing a video for Spit Your Game. Okay, yeah, Spit I remember. Yo, that's crazy. Yeah, because yeah, years later, you guys ended up working on that together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to me, Biggie. Me, yeah, shout out to Crazy. You know, all of them, my guys, though. You know, yeah. That's dope. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy because we think about like how rap beef is now. It's like. It's not a lot of maturing and getting passionate anymore. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know. Uh, and then, then there is some, you know. So hopefully, hopefully, a lot of the younger cats look at the way we moved a little bit and kind of, kind of follow suit. You know. When did you realize um, that you had something like? Because we, I think every rapper has a, you know, whether it's back then getting your demo in the right person's hand or hearing your record on the radio or what. When was the first? Instance where you realize, like, oh, I could really like make real money off this rap shit. Man, I probably can't remember the first, the first, probably entering entering a contest back then. You know, because this was how I first got on. It's like just getting in contests and stuff like that. So I think it was um um maybe me and my guy Creed getting in the show uh one day, or should I say a contest? And did a song and, and got the opportunity to record a demo. Mm. And, you know, once, once people start paying for stuff. Right. Once you, you know, saw all people paid you know, money for yeah, to yeah, see me yeah, do. Like yeah. People would, would pay to see a show or something like that. You know, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's wild. So um, you ended up putting out Adrenaline Rush. Uh, you, you were kind of like a, I, I don't want to call you an underground favorite, but you were kind of like a. You had like a dope cult following in hip hop. I remember when the uh, Paid in Full soundtrack slash Rock Rockefeller album came out. It was like a, it was like a double disc album, mm -hmm. and that was the first time that I. It was the We Are the Champions record, yeah. and That's the way the way Dame brought you in on that record was so legendary. And you just came, you caught a fucking body. And I think I might have saw it was like maybe a video of you or something in Chicago getting the Rockefeller chain put on you. Uh, it wasn't Chicago. It was somewhere. It was on um, stage though, right? Yeah, it was on stage. Yeah, yeah. It was that was that was a, a dope vibe right there. Shout out to the homie Dane. Yeah, how did um talk about how your relationship with Rockefeller started? Um, just early on, a little a little bit of everything. Uh, I would say Kanye, Dame, and Jay all in some form or fashion just just has something to do with me being involved with Rockefeller. Of course, Jay, you know, with him being who he is and us doing what we did with like uh, you know, uh, uh is that your chick popping mm. tags, right? Yep, like yep, that. Yep. And then of course, Ye having that vibe and bring 
bringing me along in that whole vibe. And then even with that vibe with like Dame with the with the champions joint. So yeah, that shit was crazy. Everybody, I was cool with all of them. Was uh, did you have a relationship with Kanye first because of the Chicago shit, or did you guys not really? Like have a relationship outside, but before he became Kanye West per se. No, we was already cool. You was already yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. We we didn't kick it a lot or nothing like that, but we always was around each other, especially on the on the music scene, you know, in Chicago. So so, yeah, we was cool. Yeah, it's crazy because you you mentioned is that your chick and and um popping tags. Those are some crazy joints, crazy features. Is that your chick? Yeah. Is like I think that's one of those records that gets forgotten in hip hop. You know what I'm saying? Like we forgot. I'll be rocking that joint. That man. joint is fucking I'll crazy. I'll be rocking that. Oh, joint that for shit us. is a classic. Man, that's my joint. That's the. I think it's the hardest Memphis Bleak record. That shit. Okay. Shout okay. out. To, I mean, shout out to Bleak, but that's yeah. yeah. Shout out to the homie Bleak. Um, so who? So originally, what made you decide to go to rock? I mean, obviously at the time it probably wasn't hard to make the Rockefeller decision because it's the hard, hardest crew in hip hop at the moment, right? Yeah, yeah, we was rocking. Yeah, yeah, I, I was loving it. You know that whole vibe to be around that team at that time period was definitely a, a a plus. You know, and then to be vibing with them was a whole nother thing. So, so it was cool. Yeah. What was um? Give me like a, a Rockefeller story, man. One that like just being being around that era, being around Hove during that time. Something that we like people might not know. Just like a, a crazy experience that you had back then. Um. Just always uh, weirded out at at Jay's prediction ability how he would look up and say, you know, that slow jams was going to be a hit and then it would, it would happen. And then like me writing, is this the end? That song with uh, P Diddy. Yep. And and when I did that song and, and walking in a room with Jay and P Diddy chopping it up and we were talking, we started talking about the, is this the end joint? And I remember how, how I was doing that joint. I was faded writing that joint, you know? So, like real faded. Right, right, right. And I had some good weed that I never had before. So I wrote that joint and everything. So we was in there talking about it. And Jay was looking at me and just looked and said, you was, you was high when you wrote that, right? So it was just, but it was strange because I was real high when I wrote that. So for some reason about the flow, he knew I was high. <laughs> well, the origin of the Slow Jams is a, a record that I distinctly remember like being in high school and, and that being like, my favorite record, you know, that was a record that was, it was early Kanye as, as far as, you know, that was like one of Kanye's early, earliest records. Yeah. I feel like yeah. it was like through the wire and then that came and, yeah. and I just kind of added to his allure. And that was really, that was really like, was that like your first hit record as far as like radio, like solo like radio level? Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was like the biggest record of my career. Hands down. Yeah. Overnight celebrity was nice too, though, man. That was, that was, the joint, you know, that was something to have to come with. Yeah. After the whole the, the vibe of that, you know, so I, I I got lucky being able to come with that one and, and him going as hard on the beat as he was able to. Oh, that beat was that crazy. Was now, but Slow Jams, tell us about that record. How was it made? Like, what were the origins of that record? Like, like, like. Slow Jams was something that was a vibe that uh, Ye already had. Mm -hmm. He already just, just had the whole aura of it. He had the beat. He had an idea of what he wanted me to do. So, you know, me obviously knowing what I'm hearing is like like dope as hell, you know, not not knowing it was going to be that fucking dude, but I'm I'm like, man, I got to body this. So, I'm doing my thing on it, but then he put Jamie on it and the way it Ooh. all came together. Like, and that was that like right, that was like peak Jamie as an artist too. Or really, I feel like that is what really kind of kicked off people taking Jamie serious as a singer. 
like it that. was that song. That, that song was was because that was before Unpredictable. That yeah. was before that his album. So that that yeah. was like the very first time that we were like. Oh, Jamie Foxx could sing. Yeah, that's what turned it on to me for his music career. He always was talented doing music. Of course. Of course, that record coming out, like, turned it on and, and launched that opportunity. For him. And you Call say Jay called that record. Yeah, he, he called it off. He knew it was going to be a hit. Yeah, he called it. Yeah. When you were around Ye early, did, did, did he, I mean, because I always tell people who aren't, like, real hardcore Kanye fans, is Kanye's always been. Oh, you some water or something? Is there some water in there? Um, I always tell people who, who haven't followed Kanye West until recently or the last 10 years that like Kanye has always been a very, uh, confident dude. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I don't think, I mean, it's obviously magnified a lot, you know, but I feel like Kanye has always kind of been a, 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 a mad scientist. A, yeah, y- yeah. Y- for sure. Mad fucking scientist. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like working with him cause you were working with him. That was before college dropout, right? Yeah, that was before, slow jams was before college dropout. Yeah. Before that d- released. Yeah, um, you know, I already had a vibe of 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 how he worked and 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 just what he do because I was around him when he was making beats early on. You know, so I, I would I would always know that his sound was very unique. Mm-hmm. His choice of music was like a like a DJ almost, like a you know, it felt like a DJ. I was like, man, he knows records, you know. So yeah, yeah, he was always dope. Um, talk about too Cameron. So Cam has always paid homage to the shy. He used to live there. Yeah. He on 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 Purple Haze. He re- redid Adrenaline Rush, and you you caught a fucking body on that. Yeah, um, what is it about Cam in Chicago and and like just the homage and the and the respect he's always shown, man? It's, it's been I mean it's been dope to see over the over the last however many years. I just feel like you know it's an old saying where they say real recognize real. You know, and I just think, uh, you know, the vibes relate, you know, like, like, like where he from and, and how he get down and shot town people and how they get down. And then just Cam being a person that moved around. Though he was in Ohio at one point chilling, doing his, his thing too, mm-hmm. like Chicago as well as other places. So um, him being a fan of my music as well, me being a fan of his music, it was real dope when he came because he was in Chicago actually sat right there in each other's face and talked about doing that record so that was dope. he did he come to you and and when he when he came to you was he like yo i want to remake he, this for purple haze yeah, yeah he had it mastermind already he knew exactly what the fuck he wanted <laughs> yeah so that's what made that record so fun was because he knew exactly how he wanted it. that's so, wild yeah, yo let me ask you this with kamikaze being a classic record right mm-hmm. that was your only album on rockefeller I didn't actually have an album drop on Rockefeller. So that album wasn't... So what was your situation with them? Because you had the chain on, you had the features, you you know. That it was... It was it was pretty much more like a, a family vibe. Okay, you know? okay, okay. It, that we could have took further, but at the time I was on Atlantic Records. Right, so, I knew that so, album came out through Atlantic. I didn't know if right, Rock... So, right. so, it, so it didn't... So you technically never dropped an album through Rockefeller. Technically never dropped an album through Rockefeller. Yeah. Damn, that's crazy. So that was just some family tie shit. Like, hey, you part of the gang. Here's the chain. You know what I'm saying? Like, definitely. That was far as far as we could take it. We would have took it further if if the companies could have merged merged the situation. But you know, unfortunately, that couldn't happen. So I had to live it out. How keep it, it moving. Going. Keep yeah, it moving. Keep it moving. 
Who was who? Who were you closest with on the roster? Because there was such a, a large roster of artists. But you know, we're talking about the Young Guns. We're talking about all the state property, Beans, Memphis. Like, who who was like your 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 closest comrade on the Rockefeller roster? Everybody was cool. I had I had a vibe with everybody. I probably kicked it the most with with uh Bleak and Freeway. Freeway's yeah. a good dude, man. Yeah. Those are two people I probably kicked it with the most. Shouts to Free. It's crazy to see um the evolution of what you guys started in the nineties with chopping and, 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 and rapping that way. There's so many dope artists who do it now. Um, the, you know, the logics of the world, we mentioned Ritz, we, you know, obviously tech nines, are OG Tech's tech and getting that bag. Um, mm-hmm. Who are some artists that, that you respect what they do when it comes to chopping like that? It's, I want to remember so hard. I can't remember uh, the name of the group, though. But definitely the, the people who you name it are, are still people who I listen to, like like Ritz and stuff like that. Now, Ritz, and, hey, um, by the way, Ritz, you and Ritz ever talk about doing an EP together? Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Because he's, he's mentioned that, too. That's my boy. So he had mentioned to that in passing, and I was like, hey, you, <laughs> that'd yeah. be crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we mentioned it. It's, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. We're going to be in the right space at the right time. He's also another one of those guys that raps very fast, but, like, enunciates his words so where it's just like, if you're listening, you understand every single thing he's saying. Yeah, you know, like, you, some, some, some people got a funk zone with it, and then some people... You know, they just do it. You know, you got to have a funk zone with it. You know, I want to talk. So, so, um, your boy had sent me some talking points, and I had no idea that you, a group that 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 should have come to me. Okay, okay. So I didn't know that you are a concealed gun carry instructor. Yeah, concealed carrier. So official certified USCCA and NRA concealed carry instructor. Yeah. And you started a new gun safety company called the Gun Camp. This is in Chicago, yeah. So, I'm because I'm I'm a proponent. I'm a pretty liberal dude, but I'm very very. You know, I feel like we should all have a right to protect ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, well, how did you get involved in in that? Because I would never in my wildest dreams picture. You know, man, like I, I've always been into firearms, but then when I got my concealed carry, my boy Eddie trained me uh, to get my concealed carry license. And then when I wanted to be an instructor, my boy Creative trained me. Uh, my, uh, creative trained me to be a concealed carry instructor. Really during that whole quarantine, mm. you know. So I think a lot of us got an extra career or in took the quarantine a shift around that quarantine thing. So you know what happened with with me was I got into that whole industry very heavy, you know, and became an instructor and just you know just been going after a lot of certifications since then. You are extra ones, you know, so um, that's something I'm into heavy. I'm an advocate for um, Second Amendment. Yeah, definitely. I want to I want to teach people the right way when it comes to of guns, course. guns and gun safety. And, yeah, you know, just the people's thought process about guns. Sometimes. Yeah, I think that um, sometimes in hip hop, we get like a little like wrapped up in like uh, whatever the popular issue is at the time and and you know i always talk with killer mike about this because killer mike's also very pro second amendment he's gotten a lot of shit for that by the way like they came came for him a lot but i think that uh you know 
especially in LA. It's crazy. <laughs> no, they've came for Mike a lot yeah, over I know. that. Yeah. And it, and it's it's wild. It's like it doesn't make any sense. And you know, I, I think that um he would always say like our our people more than anybody, we need to protect ourselves more than anybody. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Especially with what's been going on in the world the last, yeah. you know, with this Trump shit and all this other wild shit. Like, you never know. But it's... You never know what can happen, man. But, like, we live in... Like, I live in California, and it's, like, out here, they pretty much make it as impossible as possible for you to protect yourself. So it's, like, out here, motherfuckers is getting robbed. Shit's... I, I'm from Phoenix, though. Mm -hmm. Phoenix is... Anybody could have a gun. Yeah, but you can't have a negligent discharge in Phoenix. It gets rough, ain't it? Right? What you mean? I think in uh, Arizona, if you you have a negligent discharge, it's a little rougher. You talking about you just fire the gun yeah, with, with that? Yeah, with that type of law. I just know you that can't the, have a mistake like that. I know there, like I could literally give you my gun, mm -hmm. and that's your it's your gun now. You don't have to yeah. worry about registering it. You don't, you know what I mean? Like, Cass is really, it's the wild, wild Can't west. You do that in Chicago. No, I'm sure. I'm sure, right. Two cars in Chicago. Well, I was going to say, there's got, there's, it's like two sides of the coin. Because if we think of Chicago and the gun violence in Chicago, right? Like, mm. you know, obviously, people are going to get guns no matter what, right? Yeah. No. That that pretty much says it. Like, like, no matter how the gun laws are different in each state, you still got violence. Yeah, and the people who are who want those guns, who are committing those crimes, they're gonna get those guns no matter what. Get them what. no matter what. So no why matter. not be protected? <laughs> like why not be protected legally? Obviously, you know what I'm saying. You know, what they say: uh, the only thing that stops a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. Ain't that the truth? <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Yeah, it's a very. It's just I. Just, I just think you know it's interesting. Like I think more more people like yourself and Mike should like you know. I think it's dope that you guys talk about that because in hip-hop you know and i'm a li like i said i'm pretty much liberal on most things mm -hmm. just the gun shit i'm like listen man like this was america for a reason yeah yeah <laughs> it's, you know it's in the it's in the constitution that we could protect ourselves yeah you know what i mean it, and it is what it is and you know a lot of times we, we we you know we are conditioned to have a perception of guns that make you go oh you know Everybody else going. <laughs> so your your thing is is to try to just educate people. Like yo, like this is you know because because guns a scary thing. You know what I'm saying. So when you do these courses, you're teaching people about the weapon. You're teaching people how to take it apart, put it back. Like like what what yeah. are you teaching people? Yeah, yeah, we're teaching all of that. We're teaching people how to break a gun down, put it back together. Like you know a, a field strip so you can clean it and everything. The parts to a gun, how to hold the gun, proper stance, proper grip. The, the uh uh safety rules, you know, how to keep your finger off the trigger, you know, how to make sure you don't muzzle anybody, the whole everything. So so not only just the mentality of having a gun, but how to properly uh care for a gun and handle it with safety. You know? So you said during the during the pandemic you you picked that up. Because mm -hmm. I know you do a lot of live shows. Like I know that you like under normal normal circumstances, you do Bunch of live shows every year. Yeah. How many live shows would you say you do a year? I don't know. That's a, 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 a question for somebody else. But a lot. <laughs> but a lot. A lot. Yeah, because yeah, I know you're in Phoenix a lot. You know, my homie Justice books you out there. Shout out to Justice. But um, you dig? But uh, what did you like? Like outside of learning this new this new trade, what? How did? How else did you handle the pandemic? Because the shit was kind of, you know, at first it was kind of like. I feel like the first couple months it felt like. Oh, well, I could work from home. I feel like I drew after a lot. 
I drew a lot of uh, portraits and stuff like that. You know, really? Yeah, that was actually the first thing that I did as a kid. You know, so you were always a good artist. The first talent that popped out was me drawing. Yeah, so so you was whipping up some portraits during yeah. the pandemic. Yeah, I was, you know, drawing portraits. Did you watch uh the Tiger? The, what's the guy's name? Tiger King. Did you watch Tiger King on Netflix? Nah. Oh, you didn't watch that. Nah, I was, I was gonna cancel. That. You heard of that though? Right? I heard of it. Yeah, yeah, this shit was crazy. Yeah, I just I ain't sit down. It didn't grab me. I wasn't, you know, it it wasn't a, a time frame where it grabbed me enough to say. What are your thoughts on, um, on, you know, Chicago's music scene in the last eight years, nine years with the drill shit? Because this, the drill, the drill, so when it first came out for me, I, I really wasn't, because I'm like a, I love the lyrical shit, you know what I mean? Like, it was just, it, 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 it was, it wasn't for me. I mean, I loved it. You know, a lot of people have different, they, different perceptions of music at different times. So at that time, me listening to the music. It's a lot of different reasons. Like you can listen to some of the drill music, and you'll see, like, damn, from a DJ perspective, Adrenaline Rush fits right on top of it. Right, you right. I mean? Same so, BPM. Yeah, yeah. So, so definitely, I'm locked in from that perspective. Then I, I I saw too, as technology advanced, and people got a chance to open their laptops and see how Chicago really was from a Chief Keith perspective, and Lil Durk and right. all of these guys right here that's coming up doing their thing. And you're like, wow. You know, so now you got something new that you never saw that added. Now we got another element added on to hip hop with this whole drill. Oh, for sure. Drill vibe. And it, and it, and it kind of shifted the way everybody is doing their music. So I it love it because, you know, like not only was I waiting on Chicago to just come with that constant quality music, man, once they start lighting it up, man, I was like, you know, yeah, I feel I'm like a big fan. Whatever of my you, city, whatever you, know? you want to say, man. Like all has influenced everything going on right now. Like we just were in New York interviewing uh, all the Brooklyn drill rappers, and it was like all of them are just straight. Yeah. Yo, I grew up listening to Chief Keef yeah. and Dirk and G Herbo and yeah, and all those guys too. Like shout out to Dirk, shout out to G Herbo. Like those guys have evolved musically too. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. The and their talents have man, evolved. The young bulls, they they be killing it. I love it. You love it. Mm-hmm. What else um, out of Chicago are you checking? Like, 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 cause you know, like I said, there's the other side of Chicago, you know, there's guys like Vic Mensa. I mean, obviously chance has been on a quite a run since about 2013. Like, like yeah. Vic Spencer too. It's a guy named Vic Spencer in Chicago that be killing it too. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Vic Spencer. I thought you yeah. said Vic Spencer, like <laughs> Vic Spencer. You, you know, we get the Chicago slang, Vic Spencer. Yeah. Yo, what's going on with uh with the crucial conflict guys, man? I, I the last time I heard um I heard a, I want to say it was was a Wild Style or, or or one of them dudes was on uh Vic Mensa was a part of a group called uh Kids These Days, and okay. they and they redid Hey, okay, and I think the dude was on, and I was like, yo, I used, I love the Final yeah, Tick. They they still do shows. The Final and Tick was man. my shit. Yeah, and they still perform those records, man. You you you, you definitely need to check out a, a, a crucial conflict show. One of care. the guys' names is Wild Style. Yeah. Was one of his names was it Never? Yep, Never. I'm trying to remember if I remember Wild all. Style, Never, Cold Heart, and Cold Kilo, Heart and Kilo. Kilo. Yeah. yeah. That shit in that showdown record. Yeah. Woohoo. Yeah. That yeah, was I'm a trying to tell you. That album was a shout classic. out to Crucial Conflict. You did. What's up with uh the do or die guys? Still doing shows. Still doing their thing. Yeah, I do a lot of records with them. You know, 
Yeah. What would you like, 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 you know, cause, cause, uh, there was definitely a vibe about that music y'all were making. Like, uh, it was some, cause you know, we think of Chicago and I, I remember as a kid seeing the documentary, like getting the documentary from Blockbuster that I forget which pimping documentary it was, but you remember they was doing pimping documentaries in the nineties. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember Ice-T went to the players ball in Chicago and there was like all kinds of famous pimps. There was like. Mr. White, I, I can't even remember all the pimps in this fucking movie. <laughs> but Chicago's known for pimping, for that yeah, culture, right? Yeah, yeah, and and that vibe and that when, player when shit. That when that Pope pimp record got made, yeah. Definitely. And I felt like that the some of those records were just they kind of just fit that vibe, and it was something. It was like it's like it it almost was like a real Midwest, like at the time there was West Coast, there was East Coast, and like the mid like that was like to me like what I what I kind of computed as like Midwest shit. Yeah, I mean it was everywhere though. You you definitely had it, you know, out this way. You know, a lot a lot of oh for sure. Shout out on. to the Bay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but so I just feel like when you when you input that vibe in a certain place, I think it's uh, just the aura, you know, mm. the aura, the swag of 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 the whole uh, pimp culture, you know, more so than anything, just would affect the music in a certain way, you know. A hundred percent. Um, you got a new project coming out. 420. Yeah. A, a joint project. Yeah, 420. And, you know, like when you were speaking of the Young Bulls in Chicago, definitely. Well, let's get your man in here so we can, yeah. we can talk about it, man. Want to go grab him? You're doing a joint album. That's my man, Rello. He got some dope music, you know. In Chicago, we be doing our thing. He be doing his thing in the studio. You know, he, he, he been working in my studio for a long time. And uh, Rello. He, he, be, he be coming with it. All right, so four twenty. What's the What's the name of the album, man? The News at Nine. News at Nine. The News at Nine. Yeah. And how long have you guys been making music together? Um, you been, you been. How long you been working in? in, in oh, like two years. Okay. Do you, I gotta figure this out because this guy's. You've you've killed so many <laughs> rappers on so many songs. It's like embarrassing. Like you got you got a hit list of guys you just put under the dirt on their own records. You know what I'm saying? How is it's never that man? I no, but it is. Up, it, it's not. It might not be that on purpose. It, yeah, yeah. But well, come on, man. That. Yeah, my oh, bad. But I pick up. I pick up the energy of the of the artists I'm working with. I'm always excited about the music, and I always try to try to please. You so, know? you yeah. What kind of pressure is it hopping on a record with this guy or doing a whole album, let alone? Um, it's a lot of pressure, but you know, I create, so I make sure the music a one everything got to be up to par. You know. Cause like you say, he's definitely a legend. So I step in the booth, gotta make sure I gotta have everything in order. And then yeah. plus, you know, see, you might not be be into his music as of yet, but once you get into his music and see how, you know, how artistic and prolific he is with it, you'll see it's not a problem for him to get on the record. Mm, if yeah. anything, in some in some ways, it's reverse a lot of times. Mm. Because remember, I'm. I'm from a certain era and I have to stay relevant and keep up. And if I don't stay fresh and youthful thinking, then I can't mesh into that whole vibe. Right. You know? right, right. So if anything, I'm hearing fabulous, fabulous music when I come into the studio every day. So when I get offered the opportunity to get on it, I got to make sure that when I'm on it, I ain't coming with something that's like, man, he got my shit sounding old as hell. Or he <laughs> You 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 get what I'm saying? So I if anything, I gotta kill it and have that same mentality just as much 
uh, as he might. How many records is on this project? It's five records on that. Okay, so five piece. Nice yeah. little five people. Are you from Chicago as well? Chicago, what South part? Side. Yeah. South Side. Okay. And where? Do, where how would you say you describe? Like you describe where you fit into like like the Chicago sound right now? Um, basically, I was just gonna usher in a new sound because, like you say, it's a whole bunch of drill rappers. But how I'm coming, I'm telling the shorties to stay positive, create, and you know what I'm saying, dream and chase their goals. So we's trying to step outside of the drill and just give them the real. You dig? For sure. For sure. That's. I mean, shit. City from like a, that birth common and and yeah. Hey, sh- I want to just acknowledge some of the most influential guys that don't get love. The cool kids. Shout out to Chicago's own the oh, cool man. kids. Shout out to the Chuck cool English. Kids. I fuck yeah, with Mikey Michael Rocks. Rocks. I got songs with Mikey Rocks. Yeah, no, those guys. Uh, those guys have influenced so much when it came to fashion and Sonics and music, and they never they didn't really get their credit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, those guys that oh, super legends, man. So yeah, shout out to legends. the cool kids. Much love. So the album comes out on the twentieth. Four twenty. Four twenty. Yeah, yeah it makes right. sense, man. Well, it's a holiday. Yeah, big holiday. It's definitely a holiday. <laughs> yeah, and it's a dope record. You are gonna like it. You are gonna be surprised. Any features? Yeah, yeah, The one two yeah. punch, man. Yeah, you are gonna be surprised. Shit. You are gonna enjoy it. You are gonna be like, oh man. All right, well, yo, go 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 get that, and then um, are you working on any any more solo shit to us? Yeah, after that we got a, I got a project solo that's gonna be called Shooter Ready. Shooter Ready. Shooter Ready. Yeah. So that how many records in are you on that? It's pretty much done. I probably got like one record to do just because, you know, and it's like a combination. It's it's flat out my original sound, but it's a combination of what you would normally hear me do. Musically, me attacking beats and music, and then you got me, you got me doing music from the perspective, talking about guns from a perspective that you've never heard. Mm. You used to rah rah gun shit, but I'm talking about guns from a perspective you never heard before. So you're talking about guns from the perspective of a guy who teaches a gun course now. Not that simple. <laughs> <laughs> it, it ain't that simple. Right, 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 you right, know, right. You know, but when you know, you ain't gonna hear me say clip. You are gonna hear me say magazine. Okay, okay, okay. You okay. know, you know, but it, it, it's dope. You gonna hear it. Uh, talk about what you're doing with the real estate shit right now, because I think uh, the real estate market is. I don't know how it is in Chicago, but I don't know everywhere else. It's crazy right now. Yeah, I mean, is that something that you've been investing in for a while? Yeah, I mean, uh, we definitely dabble in that area, too. You know, I try to hide my hands in, in, in a few things. Right now, they say if you ain't got your hands in about five, if you ain't got income coming from, like, five different sources, then you, you, you lacking, you know. So we definitely try to keep busy in things like real estate, you know, um, what I do with the music, what I do as far as uh, with, 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 with the gun life, mm. you know, a bunch of things. Has there ever been any talks? Because we got the Bad Boy reunion tour, which was legendary. Yeah. Um, there's been, you know, so many dope, like, just kind of, has there, has there ever been anything kicked around about doing any sort of, like, Rockefeller reunion tour or show or anything like that? I mean, I know the Dame J uh, relationship is obviously what it is. Uh, I don't I don't know, but if they do it, I gotta jump down, and 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 if they do another bad boy tour, I'm gonna have to send a clip of me doing "Is This the End" to, to Diddy so he can see, like, damn, twist bitch, this shit like yesterday, so he can be like, come, come on, on in, yeah, come, come on, on over. In. You still got your Rockefeller chain? Of course. That's something that like, 
That's like history, man. Yeah, I need to bust it out at a show or something one day, or, or, or an occasion, you know, a, a great moment or something. Bust it out. Who who actually like? Do you remember the actual show where you got the chain? Because I remember seeing it. I just don't remember like like you said it wasn't in Chicago, but what what was the actual? I can't remember the actual place I was. I can't remember, but I remember how the stage looked and everything. When Dame walked on stage, how he gave it to me, the whole presentation and everything. So I was real geek. Do you think Dame gets um is like misunderstood sometimes? Because I feel like Dame's, I feel like he's, he, I feel like when I when I hear him talk, I understand what he's trying to say. Yeah. I just think sometimes he says it in a way that. <laughs> Might be little, off-putting to certain people. A little too rough. But I understand what he's saying. I always yeah. understand what he's saying. Like, he's never really wrong. He just yeah. might have he a... He might say it a little rough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I definitely think he gets uh, misunderstood a lot. But if you listen to him the right way, like you said, there's nothing but gems. So nothing many gems. gems. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever have a, a one of those, like, experiences with Dame where maybe he... Because, you know, I always think back to watching... Um, Backstage, you know the the movie where he was going off on Clue and and Kevin Lyles and I mean, did you ever were you ever like a witness or part of a go off moment? Yeah. No, I'm glad I miss all them them go off moments. Yeah, I, I wasn't around those. Yeah, because like I feel like, what year did you what what year was We Are the Champions? Was that in two thousand two two thousand one? have a problem trying to give me to guess these years to match up these records it's gonna that be was pay, it paid in full soundtrack pull it up or something <laughs> yeah, I can't hey when, when 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 they sent yeah, you that record um uh, we are the champions was everyone's else shit already on it were you like 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 how did you hear it i was actually in new york i was actually standing in the studio with uh beanie siegel with uh them talking about the record with with, with dame explaining to me how he wanted it to sound and everything and uh, where did I record it at? Fuck, I can't remember where I recorded the record at. Did I record it in Chicago? And I can't remember where I recorded it, but I remember writing it. Mm. And I remember knowing, in, in knowing New York? the vibe. You remember where I recorded Champions at? Yeah. But we, we got the record in New York, and I took it back to Chicago. That's what happened. Were you there? Because I always, what I loved about Beanie Siegel's verse on that song is it was really not, it was just really him. It was just him talking. Going off. Yeah. Like, we, it was it was yeah. just like energy. It wasn't yeah. so much about his rapping as much as it was like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, he yeah, even stopped I, I rapping. Like, vibe. Yeah, I love that vibe he put on there. Were you around, like, or, like you say you were in with Beanie when that record got, like, explained. Was he, did he record it that night or? I don't think he recorded it that night, but. Yeah, I don't think he recorded that night, but he was definitely around and just, you know, the whole vibe and everything. And then, you know, I was the new one to the team. So that's, of course. that was the energy that I had on that record right there, on the champion. Oh, yeah, when they brought you on, when Dame brought you on, it was like, oh, man. And then you just you hit the home run. Yo, who's somebody who you've recorded a song with or that you hopped on a record with where you were intimidated when it came to, like, you know, you've worked with a lot of legends, man. And like I said, you've – You've done your thing on a lot of people's records and made them look crazy. But who's somebody who you were like extra, like, man, I really got to bring my shit. Damn, I, I don't know. I mean, um, I love hate doing records with Tech 9 Ah, 
Yeah. I love hate doing records with that dude. You guys got some shit. Dude. You got to work. It's like, I know he feel the same way. Trust me. If you ask him, he oh, feels the same I've way. I've talked to him like, about it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's like you, if, you, ooh, if you're in a lazy mode, you don't want to do a record with him. You got to be ready. You got you to, gotta like, miss the shit out of rap. Because Tech Nine, be I feel like Tech Nine in. always has the biggest chip on his shoulder when he raps. Like, no matter what, he's, like, always, it's, like, it's just there's a chip in it. It's just it's, it's too much going on, and you because you were you were on you, you were on too much out. You were True. on the worldwide choppers with Buster Rhymes, Yellow Wolf. There was a lot of people on that record. I think I was on that. Yeah, yeah, I was on that. Yeah, uh, like that record was crazy. Like when you go back and listen to that, that was like eight minutes straight of people just from all over the world. Yeah, people crazy. from Insta from Turkey on there, all kinds of. It was yeah, Tech Nine's man. Tech Nine's also for a lot of artists. If, if you want to come up, go watch a Tech Nine concert so you can figure out how to perform too, because that motherfucker's a beast live. Oh yeah. So who are you? You, you got another guy? Um, it's probably a bunch of them, but uh, I can't think of any right now that uh, let me see who, who pops right in my head. Of course, Jay. Of know. course, Jay. Yeah. Um, hmm. Popping like, popping yeah, tags was one man. I gotta do this record with this person. And I I wouldn't say uh, worried or scared, but I, but probably uh, my thought process on how I was going to come with my delivery or what to do with this particular person. You know what I'm saying? It'd be like, damn, this such and such or this so and so. Right, right. You know, so like Mariah, somebody like that, you know. Yeah, like damn. You know, but like, like another rapper or something like that, it's probably somebody. I just can't think of anybody right now besides Tech. Tech that's nine. The first, that's the one that, uh, and probably Buster. Buster. You know? Yeah, it's the work. You got to put some damn work in. You don't feel like all that sometimes. For sure, for sure. What's your favorite? Personally, like, what's your favorite album of yours? Um, Adrenaline Rush. Adrenaline Rush. That was ninety seven, right? Was that ninety yeah, six? I'm over here asking you about years and shit. Yeah, about ni- about ninety six. Adrenaline Rush, man. I should remember, but. Yeah, that's a, I feel nice. like that's an album too. That's also like uh, you know, we don't. We, it's, it's it's one of them. I feel like it's like a cult classic. Like my favorite movie is called The Big Lebowski. It's right up there. Mm-hmm. A lot of yeah. a lot of people don't talk about The Big Lebowski. I feel like Adrenaline Rush is a cult classic. Like it's like if you know, you know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You yeah. had to be there, type shit. Yeah, that's my joint right there, man. That's that. You know, of course, Kamikaze and and my first album, but, but Kamikaze Adrenaline was like Rush your was commercial like, peak as far as like hit records on an album, right? Just yeah, like that was like, yeah, yeah. Well, I would call it my commercial peak. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you think? What do you think? Like, kind of, you know, because you've you've had such a long career, obviously still doing your thing, but what do you think worked against you kind of extending that peak longer? Um, me me loving rap from a certain angle. You know, I always love rap from rapper's perspective and not a be in the industry's perspective mm. and so sometimes some of that may have hindered me you know i always had the will to to want to be half normal half amazing or in this thing you know I, so I, I gotta have a little bit of normal in my life and i think that thought process kind of you know hinders me in in because in, because to be in the industry man like successful 
people outside of it don't realize how much hard work it is. It's it's way harder than a nine to five, but they don't know that until right. they try to get in it and do it. You know, so so you're saying essentially like you know like like you said you know if you're in the industry you got to go to functions you got to kind of you got to I mean you got to kind of have fake friends like people who you kind of talk to just because it's a good like you know there's associates there's a lot of um people who you might consider acquaintances but not friends in the music industry right man you got to do you you got to do a, it's, it's a lot of bullshitting other people and it's an extremely lot of bullshitting yourself and it's just only so much i can bullshit myself you know what i mean so i just got to keep it real i i, I wanted to be a dope ass rapper rock shows rock people put out records and there was a certain extent of it mm. you know so so to to get to a certain level to have to act a certain way or be a certain way or fake a certain uh friendship with certain people right. and isn't that i just couldn't be into all that what was um a feature that almost happened that didn't happen for you damn ooh i know it's going to be one that come in my head quick let me think i always think back to like just being like a big a big fan of biggie and thinking like how i quick. got a late one i got a late one I, I first off let me say i love all rappers in texas i'm a fan of all rappers in texas and with that being said, I was just about to do a feature with Mo3. Oh. Yeah. We was like probably days away, right? We were literally, literally days away from working on a record together. So, he, yeah, he passed. Was it this year? Or was it late last year? Mo3 is dope, man. Yeah. He just put a new album out, too. So uh, yeah, that just dope. came out yeah. uh, Friday. Yeah, all so, of them guys dope, man. So you've always I'm just been a big yeah. fan of the Texas guys. Yeah, all the Texas guys. Dallas, Houston, all mm -hmm. of them. Yeah. yeah. Hey, sure. Hey, man. What was it like coming up at the same time as Common in the same city? Because that's the Common. I mean, I loved Resurrection and, like, that era of Common, like, when he was Common Sense. Like, mm -hmm. you guys kind of being on, like, opposite sounds of, of, the, sa like, of the same city. Like, w w did you guys have a good relationship in the 90s? Like... Yeah, we was always cool. We we never really got a chance to like hang around each other like right. as much as we probably could have, but you know, just was on different vibes, you know. He was a, a South Side guy, I was the West Side guy. My music was you know, more street orientated. His was more hip hop orientated, you know. Were you rooting for him when he when he when he put out the bitch in you against Ice Cube? <laughs> oh yeah, ooh, man. That was bad right there. That was cool. I knew what was going to happen. You know, but damn, I didn't know it was going to happen like that. Oh. And as smooth as it happened. Yeah. I think Cube himself even respected it. I, I wowed out when I saw Cube, too, man. I had a, a fan out moment. Of course. Him. Yeah, like, damn. There's a few of those guys. Yeah. Shit. I mean, I, I it's, it's crazy because, you know, losing DMX, that was one of the few guys in, in hip-hop I met who I, like, really was, like, starstruck. I had to, like, tell him, like, man, you don't understand what you meant to me, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I saw him at an award show. And I fanned out and didn't speak to him. He was walking past, so he didn't really see me. And I had the opportunity to probably speak to him. But I just looked and fanned out. And because of the current situation, that that's one moment I regret that I didn't go straight at him. And oh, you talking about DMX? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for yeah sure. it's crazy, man. Yeah. Hey, you know, he, he lived a good life. You know, he there was an interview clip that I saw uh, recently on the uh, Drink Champs where he said, if I drop dead tomorrow, I lived a good life. And he did live a good life, man. Yeah. He touched a lot of people. Yeah. So. Rest in peace to DMX. Well, look, the new album is out 420. Yeah. EP, 
And then yeah. a new Twista album will be coming shortly after. As you said, it's pretty much done. Yep. Four, 420, we got News at 9 with Rello the Dreamer right here yeah, with yeah. me. Chi-Town. And then we got Shooter Ready that's coming after that. We got a bunch of dope songs. You're gonna, It's like a mixture of Adrenaline Rush and Shooter songs. Fe- features on that? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's a few surprises on there. Okay. I didn't go too hard with the features. It's a few surprises. I, I kept it uh, Adrenaline Rush-esque. Do you enjoy being independent now? Like, as opposed to the major label shit? Yeah, I've always enjoyed it once I got into it, you know? Yeah, when we first started off, we was killing it, too. Right. Yeah. It's always like, you know, it's, 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 I think nowadays specifically, back in the day, it would make sense to sign to a major label. Yeah, I think once you learn, learn the ropes a little bit, learn the business, got people on your team that can kind of, uh, emulate what you would get from a record label and especially got some income. Well, yeah, now I feel like nowadays you get there's you go straight to the fans. Back in the day, you kind of needed a label to get to your fans. Yeah. It's, all, no it's internet. almost like, yeah, it's, it's like no technology media. was expensive then. Yeah, now it's free. And labels, they had the money to do it. Right. And now technology advanced to the level where, you know, it can't be controlled like that and, 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 and you know, in one way, so I think a lot of artists today got an advantage. You know, the advantage today is that you can use technology in a way that we couldn't in the past. Mm. The other difference, though, is that the the playing field, you got so many people to be up against that also have the internet for free. Got you. So it kind of balances itself out when you have the OGs like, oh, y'all got it easier than us because we not really, because right, right, the, right. the new cats got to go against a million other people yeah, when you were probably the only person rapping in your neighborhood. Right, because now everyone's rapping. Every, yeah. Everyone can get Fruity Loops. Everyone can go buy a mic for $100. Yeah, so, so, so it evens itself out. You know, yeah, everybody it's like got their little perception. The gift and the curses of each era even yeah. themselves out, yeah. for sure. Because like yeah. now you got, like you said, it's the, the everything's so saturated. It's like yeah. It's like DJing. You know, back in the day, you had to buy records. You had to learn how to actually... Mix, you know, now you got a laptop, you download some songs. Yeah. You get a little controller and you go do a gig. Back in the day, it was not like that. Well, not, you know. You, you can literally play a video of a DJ's old DJ set. <laughs> right. <laughs> <At> your party. <laughs> that shit crazy. Well, look, Twister, thank That's you for right. coming through, man. The legend, Twister. Uh, go get your uh, new new project. Appreciate you coming through. Love, bro. Man, man so let's get to man. it. Boom. Perfect. Much love, y'all. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests... 
Then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Delve into the visceral world of hip hop with the Gangster Chronicles, hosted by MC8 and Big Steel. It's every Thursday. I, I already a know. Podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Let's go. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts.